Welcome everybody to the Mongols preview show. I'm Justin Ashcraft with Steve Mattiace. We're sponsored by Rough Dark Scarves and the Beautiful Game Network. Steve, how are you tonight? I'm doing pretty good, Justin. Uh, you know, hey, it is Thursday night. Uh, there's some rain, which we have not seen much of uh, in this month at all. Um, so, you know, uh, maybe that'll mean the backyard won't be so brown. Um, not that I do anything out there anyway, but you know, <laughs> hopefully it's it's a good thing for the region because uh, it's been pretty dry. Um, yeah, and we've got a game coming up where we're going to see the Red Bulls too on Sunday. Um, although we had a game last night and I don't want to get too into it. But man, that ending was the ending was heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll t- we'll talk about it a little bit. I have some some indie indie thoughts uh, that we'll we'll address, I guess. Um, but we uh, yeah, just kind of setting up this weekend. So we have a Sunday night game, five o'clock, uh, from Red Bull Arena uh, in New York or New Jersey or wherever it is. Who cares? Um, but the kickoff, uh, the kickoff is going to be at five o'clock. Um, you can catch the game on 22, the point and ESPN plus, um, basically we're against Red Bull two in our third game of the season. Both teams have played three games. Um, New York Red Bull dropped their first two games. Oh, one score lines against Tampa Bay and Hartford. Um, and then they almost won as big as we did against Philly, beating them five to one. Um, not quite our six score scoreline, but that is where we stand. So New York Red Bull has three points through six games. The Hounds have six points, obviously, with two wins and a loss. I don't want to get too into it either because it was heartbreaking. Yeah. But last night, um, I mean, there's some positives we can take from the game, right? I think. I mean, there's I think a lot of positives to take from the game. There's a ton of positives we can the take. Only, from the game, only so. thing that I'm disappointed about is, uh, let's say, what, 90. 53 and after yeah something like that (laughs) yeah yeah i mean yeah really i think we played them really well um until the end of the game and unfortunately it's one of those games that it feels like pro sort of decided the result uh, I'm not going to put it all on that. I did think the Hounds could do some stuff better. I did think Indy played well. I did think both teams matched up well. But, yeah, I mean. All right, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, Matt Geica had put out a tweet uh, late this afternoon uh, where he slowed down the video of that called-off goal uh and he, he's like, yeah, that looks like it was a goal. Um, so then I responded to his tweet and, and took a screenshot of where the sideline official was when that ball hit the ground, mostly if not all, inside uh, Indy's goal over on the pub side of Highmark Stadium. And he is a bit away from the corner flag. So... You know, maybe it was a goal, maybe it wasn't. It's really hard to tell. But I am going to say, I don't know how he can make that as a call to call that off from where he was positioned because 
where he was positioned, there's no way he could see right along the end line and be sure that the whole ball did not cross the line. So he was in the wrong position to call that off when he's in that position. I'm going to call USL Pro out, as I did on Twitter last night, as I did in that tweet responding to Geica just a few minutes ago. Um, they've got to be better. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I, I think there was a lot of other calls in the game, too. I don't think that was the only call that I was like disagreeing with. I think there was a few other calls in the game. I mean, obviously the fouls were very lopsided in one direction. Um, I don't feel like I'm qualified to comment on that because I always have complaints about the refs when it comes to fouls that our guys uh, have to deal with. For sure, for (laughs) sure. And I think you look at some of our players, I think a guy like, you know, like Steven Dos Santos is going to be a guy that gets fouled way more than what actually gets called. Um, But it is what it is, you know. Um, One thing I did think was interesting, and, and, and this isn't, particularly related to the game last night but I just um you know we've had we've we've now had seven matchups seven matchups all time against against Indy uh six of them have been in the league one in the open cup um but it's just interesting to me when we give up goals to Indy it always seems to be late and I don't understand why that is. I thought for there was some of me last night and, and today as I was thinking about the game that thought there's something about Martin Rennie that must just have Bob Lilly's number in some way. I don't know. But you look at the results kind of across the board. Um, and, I, and I won't go through all the results. But August 29th, 2018. So end of the season. It was a game at Lucas Oil. There was a, that was Mark Forrest's maybe debut. And then he got a red card like five minutes after coming on. Um, weird, anyway, weird game. Uh, but McInerney, uh, Jack McInerney actually tied that game, uh, at the 90 plus four minutes. He had scored four minutes into the game, scored again at 90 plus four. So 90 minutes apart. And we, we get a two, two draw there. Um, a month later, about a month later, we played them in September. We actually win the game three to two, but we were up three to one, which would have felt way more convincing. And then we gave up a 90 plus five, I think, on a Joe Greenspan own goal. Um, we got them back in one game uh, in May of 2019 in the Open Cup, one nothing at Highmark. Kenny Forbes got an 85th minute winner, but four days later in Indy, uh, Tyler Pasher got an 81st minute winner to win that game two to one, and then we have this Pasher 90 plus six goal. Um, and so it just feels like there's this thing about Pittsburgh Indy that's just late goals and late important goals. It's not like there's just like three goals after the 80 minute mark or something like that. It's like late important goals to either tie or win games. So lots of it feels like there's a lot of dropped points there that could have could have happened. Yeah, um, that's that's really interesting. Um, yeah, I mean ninety. 90- four minutes like that's that's a hard way to lose a game um especially when there's some controversy about a called off goal earlier um and and you know what at the end of the day i said it recently to someone uh that is less familiar with the sport but i'm trying to help bring along and educate this person uh, a little bit about the hounds and soccer in general um and you know what i'm perfectly happy with in three games having six points I would much rather at this point in the season, we are going into our fourth game of the season, we've got six points, because we've had years past where we haven't been able to buy a win no matter what we do in our first few games. Um, If the rest of this season, like if we went two wins and a loss, two wins and a loss, two wins and a loss through 16 games, 
thrilled at the end of the season. Like, sure. why not? Like, sure. it's just the way it happened in the team that it happened against. And it being, what, just over two years since we had lost a game at Highmark. Um, it's a bad taste in the mouth for it to happen the way it did last night. Um, but I'm taking six points from three games all throughout the season anytime you give me the option. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, I just did some quick looking today, right? Uh, 2019, last year, we had two points through three games. 2018, we had five points uh, through three games. Uh, as far as Bob Lilly and his kind of record through three games, you have to go back to that championship team in Rochester 2015. Uh, they had seven points after three games. Um, the Hounds, actually, other than in 2018 when we had five points with Bob Lilly, have never had more than four points after three games. So I'm taking six points, and I'm running with it. It's just a bad way to lose. But I think uh, that being said, uh, we have this game against Red Bull 2 on Sunday. I do think we can put a better taste back in the mouth with a big a big result there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking all-time against uh, Red Bull... Uh, we have won, sorry, we have won three games, uh, we have lost two, and we have tied one um, over the last three years. That tie was a 3-3 draw to start the season in 2017. Um, our one loss against them, uh, our, one of our two losses was the last game of 2018. Meaningless game for us, we were locked into third place. They were playing for their playoff spot. Um, so that was a hard game. We kind of went into that with nothing to nothing to gain. They went then they went in with nothing to lose really. So um, those are just hard. Um, so we've actually won our last like three competitive games against them, a games that meant something to us. We've won the last three. So um, going into that, I think you've got some things to watch for. I've got some things to watch for. But let's start with the Hounds. What what are you looking What are you looking at uh, for this game on Sunday? Uh, you know what? One guy that's really excited me, and I'm looking forward to see him against a team uh, that he can do some more damage against, Danny Rivera. I mean, he's played really well so far this season. Uh, we saw him starting to get minutes last season at the end of it, um, but I really wasn't convinced what he could do. Uh, this year, he's been fantastic so far through the first three games, especially last night. I mean, sure, we can talk all we want about that 94th-minute goal, but uh, Rivera was shadowing Tyler Pasher, who now is the USL leading goal scorer, um, for over 90 minutes. And he gave him one really good opportunity. I mean, he had Tyler Pasher in his pocket all night long. He looked great doing it. Um uh, it, it was a weird little setup. I was trying to figure it out for a while until I realized that it was Rovira is just keeping his himself as close as he can to Tyler Pasher because the formation really didn't make sense. It, it was really two at the back with uh, with James and Dover uh, on the outside, uh, so two center backs, um, unlike what the lineup looked like. Rovira looked great. Um, I expect to see some more good things coming from him. I mean, you see he's he's got the ability to just really shut some players down. Um, uh, and I, thing, I would argue he didn't even give Pasher a great opportunity. Pasher put one in the back of the net from 25, well, 30 yards out. I mean, that's that, fair. Is, what yeah, it, that yeah. is what it is. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was a ridiculous shot. I mean, I, whose fault is that? I mean, maybe you could say like professional foul at that, that late in the game. You know, he pulled a little bit away and took a crazy shot. It went in the back of the net. Hard to place blame on anybody for that. Um yeah, Rivera, 
one of one of my guys that I'm real excited to see where he keeps going. Um, Dos Santos, he's getting getting more minutes lately. Uh, so uh, he got what about 13 more minutes than he did in uh, the previous game. Uh, so uh, starting to wonder how close he is getting to being fully fit. Uh, maybe we can see him a little earlier in the game. Um, the other thing about the Hounds, though, um, seven yellow cards in total through three games. Um, so overall, in all of the championship, uh, there are only five teams that have more yellow cards. But I'll qualify that with saying some of those teams have played four games. So there are only three teams with a higher average than 2.33 uh, yellow cards per game that the Hounds have. So, uh, you know, maybe we can play a little bit cleaner. Um, I'm also going to say, though, hey, last night we were getting called for some yellow cards that were a little suspect. I will also say, though, there was one moment where I feel like we kind of got away with one because one of our players was on a yellow card as well. So you never know, right? <laughs> yeah. No, I, th I think it's true. I mean, I think I think it's hard um, looking at that stat this year, um, just knowing for the last... You know, the last couple of years we've had such uh, disciplined defenders, you know, in, in Greenspan and Toby. And, you know, these guys are just so disciplined in the way that they defend. They just don't give up a whole lot of bad fouls. You know, and if it's a foul, it's a foul, but it's not a it's not a yellow card worthy foul. Um, so I think it, it is interesting that we're giving away more. You know, I think um, obviously over the first couple of games, Hunter Ashworth definitely contributed to that. <laughs> um but I think he and, and Skylar Thomas and, and even Tommy, they, they're just a little bit different in the way they have to defend than what Toby and Joe were able to do. So I think, yeah, it's just it's a different style of defense, which I think is going to lend itself to more, more yellows. But hopefully that does slow down as the season goes on. Yeah. Um, um, you've got some thoughts on Red, Red Bulls. Bulls. Just, just, just one thing that I um, wanted to say about this, and actually you have it in the notes too, but I think... It's interesting they beat they beat Union two five to one, with five different goal scorers and four different assist makers. That's yep. crazy. That's a crazy stat that they they're putting the ball in the net from every or in that game they hadn't scored until then, but other than that they put the ball in the net kind of from everywhere and from everyone. Yeah, I mean to be fair, our first five goals against Philly came from five different players as well. True, true. Um, but it's just interesting they've got five goals on the season five different players, which really makes me say, I have no idea who to look at. Yeah. Um, uh, I will say, uh, Kyle uh, Zajek, I don't know how to say that, uh, Z-A-J-E-C. Um, uh, he's played in all three of the Red Bulls matches. He's created nine chances. By comparison, uh, King Kenny Canardo Forbes has created 10 for the Hounds in the same amount of time. So uh, this is a guy that's going to be contributing to the offense, a guy to watch. Um, he's going to be opening things up for them. Um, uh, they have not been able to keep, keep a clean sheet. They've given up one goal in each of their first three games. Um, they're averaging 13 shots a game, which is pretty high. Um, however, uh, less than four on average are on target. So that's just kind of one thing to kind of look at. They're shooting all the time, but they're not putting a lot of good opportunities actually in a savable position. That's my thoughts on New York. It's early yeah. in the season. I don't have that much. Yeah, I think it's hard. It is hard with these early games. One, because the especially with these two teams, the rosters rotate. And I will make the argument. I know what Hartford has done so far. I know I know that they're up there with us and stuff. But um, I will say, I, I don't know that we know the talent that Hartford actually has. Um, and it's in the same with Tampa. And we know what the Union are. So 
I think when you look at those three teams, it's not like they've played the three best teams in the league where we've had to play Indy and Louisville. So I think you're looking at a difference in quality of opponents that we played so far. <laughs> so I think that that can play into yep. things. But um, yeah, so I do think it's interesting. Hey, so deep dive. I got a, I got a deep dive. I discovered this today. Um, I, maybe no one else will find this interesting, um, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna point it out anyway, and we'll talk about it for a second. But and and Steve doesn't know what this is, by the way. I so any of you I'm listening, you're to gonna this. have to um, follow on. Uh, one note I will make before I get there: Sebastian and Elney um, scored in that game, scored in the game against the Union, um, and is. Uh, seems to be their forward this year. Uh, he had four goals in 24 appearances last year. So uh, maybe a player to watch a little bit. But I want to give you another player to watch. Um, this isn't so much a player that has had long-term sustained success, but um, an interesting player to watch just because of some connections, right? Derry uh, Corfe. Corfu? Corfe. I don't know how you say his last name. How do you spell it? C-O-R-F-E. Okay. Corf. Corfay, I don't know. I don't know how you actually say it, but Derry Corfay got his first start um, of the season and of his professional career against the Union this past week. But interesting stats that come from him, right? Um, he actually last summer uh, played for the Ocean City Nor'easters in USL League Two, um, where he was actually named the 2019 USL League Two Most Valuable Player. He ta- he tallied 14 goals and added three assists to lead Ocean City to a second-place finish in the Mid-Atlantic Division in 12 games. 14 goals, 12 games. Uh, in addition to that, uh, graduated from Wright State uh, University, but before that, he actually spent six years in the Manchester City Academy. So, that is he is an interesting player. Um, but connection I want to make... Well, and, and, and the other thing about him, coming out of... Um, Coming out of Wright State, he was selected by the Red Bulls with the 41st overall pick in this year's MLS Super Draft. Um, so he was high second-round draft pick. Uh, so New York's obviously excited about him and what he could potentially bring. Um, participated in the first team's preseason camp in Bradenton, uh, but then joined Red Bull 2 for camp in Richmond. So I do think he's an interesting player, probably development for um, the Red Bulls. But connection I wanted to make here. Uh, so last year, 2019, was named the USL League 2 Most Valuable Player. Three years ago, Chevy Walsh actually uh, was named the same 2016 USL League 2 Most Valuable Player for Ocean City with 14 goals in 14 games and also three assists. So basically the same stat line, two more games than what Derry Corfay played. Uh, but same exact... Chevy Walsh. Same Is that exact the name you just said? Line. Yes, Chevy Walsh. That's a name I haven't heard in a while. Um, so I I thought this was interesting, right? Because Chevy Walsh played for the Hounds a couple years ago, um, and so we we kind of know who Chevy Walsh is, and and obviously he has an interesting history with the Hounds. Um, but I, I thought interject real quick. Um, yeah, my uh, I don't do it as much anymore, but for a while I was I was doing a lot of Uber driving, and uh, Chevy Walsh was the only River Hounds player I've ever had in my car. Oh, there you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. Um, so I, I was doing some, so I did a little bit of a deeper dive. I thought, huh, Ocean City, interesting team. I've heard other players coming out of there. I know being around the Union, like, there's there's more talk that way. Um, but Ocean City has some interesting history and players that have come out of Ocean City. So the Hounds have actually had about 10 
players or so who played for Ocean City over the years. I didn't pull all of them out because some of them were just backup players and different things like that. But um, some interesting former Ocean City Nor'easters players that have gone on to bigger, better things. Uh, current Inter-Miami keeper and last year's Tampa Bay Rowdies keeper, John McCarthy, actually played for Ocean City Nor'easters from 2011 and 2012. Uh, former Hounds keeper and current Pittsburgh Hotspurs keeper, Kiesel Broom, actually played with uh, a guy we saw this past week, or last night actually, Nicholas Perea uh, for Indy. Uh, both played for Ocean City in 2013. In 2014, former Hounds midfielder Jordan Morrell uh, actually played for Ocean City. Uh, in 2015, then, Lou City keeper Tim Dobrolowski actually played for. For Ocean City. 2016 Ocean City had former Hounds keeper Mike Kirk in net. In 2017 and 18, Kyle Morton's brother Todd actually was in net for Ocean City. So uh, it's just interesting, uh, you know, in, in these, um, I think Ocean City is just an interesting club to kind of keep an eye on. I know that the the Hounds had some talks with them several years ago about connections and, and different things, but um, I think Ocean City is just an interesting League Two side to to keep an eye on, uh, based on kind of the players that they produce. For some reason, uh, they've been able to produce players. But listen, if I was a Chicago, if I was a college soccer player and needed somewhere to go play for the summer, Ocean City, New Jersey is not a bad place to go spend the summer playing soccer. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Yeah, really not. It's interesting. Deep, deep, deep dive there. Probably more than anybody on this podcast needed to know. Uh, but player to watch for me, Derry, Derry Corfay, Corfu, Corf something. I don't know how you actually say. It. I should learn how to say it. But he, uh, he got his first start this past weekend for New York Red Bull two, and uh, had been the the MVP in USL League two last year. So uh, path to pro uh, is is alive and well in the USL leagues. Uh, so. I love that. Interesting. Anything else? Uh, you got a pre- you got a prediction for this for this week? Thoughts for this for um, this week? Keys to the game? Anything else you wanna you wanna talk about with this matchup? I mean, take some more shots. We we didn't have as many shots as I would have liked to have seen uh, last night. To be fair, I mean we're playing a very good team, so yeah. you know those opportunities are farther and fewer between um, a team like. Uh, the baby bulls, I expect to see us have the ability to take more shots. We need to do that. Um, <clears throat> we know we can convert when, when we have good opportunities. Uh, yeah, just look for more of the same of what we've seen. Like we said, we didn't play poorly last night. We saw a lot of the same stuff. It was just against a much better team. Uh, so I think playing the same way, we're going to see a lot more uh, dividends come out of that game. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, maybe we can... Uh, Title this episode, What the Heck's Going On in New Jersey? Something like that. I don't know. We'll <laughs> figure it out. Uh, yeah, I would say I would be surprised if it was any less than like 3-1 three, three, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Something like yeah. that. I think yeah. I think we have the ability to go there and, and, and get a result. Yeah, um, no, it's away from home. All that kind of stuff. But I think the same stuff that, that Lily said to about the union, that this is a bunch of young kids who... Uh, they play fast. They play loose. Um, they're going to give the Hounds chances because of mistakes that they, they're they going to make. 
Um, they don't have the option of, of bringing um, Red Bull players down uh, at this point, um, even though I'm not sure that I would want any of the Red Bull players at this point in time because they can't seem to get a win either. Um, but that's all I'll say about that. Uh, <laughs> So anyway, we'll see what happens this weekend, five o'clock Sunday, yeah. uh, on ESPN two or ESPN Plus, not ESPN two, ESPN Plus and twenty two. We, we the are points. away from ESPN two for the rest of the regular season unless something changes, fortunately. Yes. So yes. all the games Back. are aired locally. Uh, Mike Sparks, you can make sure that your uh, your subscription is canceled over there. Um, <laughs> you don't need it. Um, yeah. Um, no, just just one other thing. Uh, so if you're a fan of the show, you listen regularly, uh, Justin and I are always looking for uh, new things we can talk about or ways we can make this meaningful to help you prepare for what you're going to watch uh, in the next game. If you've got ideas, let us know. We're always uh, looking for feedback and looking for ways that we can help you understand our matchups better. Yep, yep. So thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarves supply at MLS, USL, US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. We're part of the Beautiful Game Network. Go check us and other podcasts out at bgn.fm. Hey, listen, Inside Scoop, Liz and Laura Ellen are downstairs in my house recording a new episode of Soccer Better. And so they're going to have episodes dropping, I think, in August. So hopefully um, they're they're actually putting a, a storage of, of episodes together um, that they can slowly release over the fall so they can get ahead and, and sort of record some some episodes. So if you enjoyed soccer better uh, and Laura Ellen and Liz, then uh, definitely be paying attention in August to their feed because um, they're going to be dropping some episodes. Uh, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing. And you can contact us online at Mongols on Facebook and Twitter and Mongols Pod on Instagram. Let us know what you think of our shows. We love hearing from you guys. Until next time, have a great day. See ya.